Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Wealth Track Extra on tax reform legislation. My guest is Elda DeRay. She is a private client services leader in EY's National Tax Department who focuses on servicing the personal tax and financial needs of ultra-high net worth individuals, but can also bring it down to a more Main Street level for the rest of us. Elda, it's great to have you here. This could not be a more timely uh, time to talk to you um, about tax reform. So I really want to ask you, how significant are these two bills? The House bill passed. The Senate bill has yet to be acted upon uh, when you and I are speaking. So how significant are these pieces of legislation? This is major tax reform, the likes of which we have not seen since 1986. There are hundreds of pages of provisions in each one of these bills. Uh, Very comprehensive, um, from very large pieces to very small pieces of legislation. And, you know, someone I was listening to uh, earlier this week you know, said we're talking about it being called tax reform. He said it's really tax deform. <laughs> it's 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 not uh, simplifying the process. In fact, it's very complicated. It is very hard to do tax reform without adding complexity, because as you add new rules, there has to be thought to how does this apply to many different situations. So we're seeing the new rule, but we're not seeing how does it apply in all cases. And that adds complexity because you have industries and individuals sitting back saying, well, how does this impact me? And until we get the actual law and regulations, it's hard to come to a conclusion. So therefore, adding complexity. So give us the headline changes, you know, the how does it affect me Um, What is the impact on homeowners? The goal of both of these pieces of legislation in the House and the Senate is to limit itemized deductions. And one of the most costly line items is the deduction for home mortgage interest in real estate taxes. So the House bill came out first, which eliminated the deduction for home mortgages in excess of $500,000 and eliminated uh, the deduction for real estate taxes um, over $10,000. There is still uh, an immediate response to that negative response by uh, property owners, homeowners in, in high-cost ta- high jurisdictions. So when the Senate came out with their bill, they brought the limit back up from 500000 to a million, um, but eliminated the real estate tax deduction in its entirety. Both bills eliminate the deduction for home equity loans and for vacation homes. So I would say the somewhere along the Senate bill is the more likely because that was the bill which was finalized 
after the feedback from the real estate industry and from those taxpayers in those high-cost jurisdictions. Um, we have to have limitation on the home mortgage and real estate taxes in order for this bill to have revenue to cover its other provisions. So this is would not just uh, affect, you know, kind of people with expensive homes and with big mortgages, but it, it would also uh, affect, you know, baby boomers, right, who have who are sitting on appreciated real estate and might be considering downsizing uh, and have and again have had uh, their asset appreciate a great deal, you know, mm. over you know three or four decades. So yeah, it's it's the, a pretty pretty it's a big impact across uh different uh income levels. The house bill provides for a phasing out and then complete elimination of the exclusion of gain for sale of principal residence. So right now you can exclude the gain on your principal residence if it's been a residence for principal residence for two out of the last five years, you can exclude up to 250,000 single or 500,000 married filing jointly. The bill provides for an elimination of those exclusions for higher income taxpayers. That really hurts individuals who've been in their homes for long periods of time and built up a significant amount of gain and want to uh, perhaps downsize. The Senate bill does not have the elimination of the gain, but um, actually has a time limit, which is different. So both the House and the Senate provide that it has to have been principal residence for five out of the last eight years in order to prevent people from just flipping their principal residences and continuously being able to exclude the gain. Ellie, given the change that we're talking about for homeowners, what are you recommending clients do? The potential elimination for the exclusion of capital gain um, begins in 2018. So we're suggesting if clients are under contract to sell their homes, to try to close the home at the end of, of this calendar year. It's also important and always important for individuals who own their homes to keep great records of the improvements they've put into their homes in order to try to eliminate or reduce part of the gain. Elder, another area uh, is that people living in high-tax states are not going to be able to deduct their state and local income taxes. So tell us about that aspect of this legislation and what's likely to happen? The elimination of the state and local tax deduction in both the House and Senate bills is probably one of the most controversial aspects to tax reform. For many individuals in high-tax states, this is the difference between there being a tax cut or tax increase with this tax package. What's most striking to me is that there's a a huge difference in impact to the same amount of gross income depending upon which state an individual lives in. So somebody making $500,000 in the state of California versus somebody making $500,000 in the state of Texas 
the impact of this tax legislation is huge, a huge difference. Therefore, is it, but if, if you look across the country and at the different states, is, is it just the states that, you know, number one, in the areas that I live in, not to be self-centered about this, but New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, and California, I mean, are, are those pretty much the, the ones that are going to be hit where, where this, you know, t- these tax cuts supposedly turn into tax to actually a higher income tax bracket or higher tax rates? The, the high tax states on the East Coast and West Coast um, have the, the most dramatic um, loss of itemized deductions for the individual residents of those states under this tax bill. But for the rest of the country, and I'm, again, I'm thinking of uh, who's going to you know, scream the loudest, um, is it, you know, what, what do you consider to be, you know, the impact when you're looking across different states? I mean, how wide is the negative impact a- across the country? The impact across the country depends upon the composition of people's income and deductions. So those who have pass-through businesses who are not service businesses um, perhaps benefit more than the employee collecting a paycheck from an employer who's not getting the benefit of the lower rates. Um, the, the individuals who are not impacted by the home mortgage interest limit because homes are typically not more than $500,000 um, and do not perhaps do not have vacation homes and whose real estate taxes are less or not impacted and yet get the benefit of lower rates or uh, more expanded brackets for the lower rates and don't have to um, realize any negative impact from the elimination of itemized deductions. And what is the likelihood of state and local taxes uh, being, the deductions being eliminated? Because the impact in the majority of states where there are lower rates um, is, is positive to the most of their constituents, they will not be uh, voting against the bill because of state and local taxes. So right. I could easily see where this would pass. And what are you telling your clients in the the high tax states to do, if anything, in anticipation of this happening? For the high-income taxpayers in highly taxed states who are looking at the impact of the elimination of state and local taxes, the inability to deduct their state taxes is the last nail in the coffin for living in a high-tax state. So many high-net-worth, high-income individuals, especially the baby boomers getting ready to retire, had already been thinking about moving out of high-tax states. This puts them over the edge. So there are many discussions. There are many discussions about 
the savings from moving out. Impact on charitable giving. Thankfully, both the House and Senate bill uh, continue to allow individuals to deduct their charitable gifts. We might, however, see a drop-off for middle to lower income individuals because the higher standard deduction will be greater than itemizing their charitable gift. It may be the only itemized deduction they have, and therefore the standard would be greater. And if they're not getting any measurable increased deduction by gifting to charity, they may psychologically not want to gift, even if they're better off under tax reform with the higher standard deduction. How concerned are charities about this particular change? I think the concern um, of charities is dependent upon who makes up the majority of their charitable base. So for those charities that get the vast majority of their their donations from very high income individuals, I think they're relieved that there's no uh, limitation. In fact, they made the limitation for charitable gifting a higher percentage of adjusted gross income. So currently we have a limitation of 50% of your adjusted gross income can be for cash going to a public charity. The both bills increase the limit to 60% of adjusted gross income, which I think is great. So people who have the wherewithal to give that higher percentage of their income to charity are now encouraged to give even more. There is generosity in the middle income and lower income population that gifted, even if they were having trouble making ends meet. So perhaps... The fact that they're not getting a tax deduction for it, maybe that won't be a challenge if the government's now put more money in their pocket through tax reform. The alternative minimum tax has rules which are actually what the rules will now be in, in under tax reform, which is you're not going to deduct state and local, you're not going to deduct real estate taxes. However, the highest bracket under today's alternative minimum tax is 28%. The highest bracket under tax reform will either be 39.6 as it currently stands or 38.5 in the Senate bill. So you could actually be paying more under tax reform than you were paying as an alternative minimum taxpayer before. So it's be careful what you wish for. Estate planning. Estate taxes. So both bills double the existing unified credit for for gift during life or uh, transfers through an estate at death. So roughly $10 million um, per person and then indexed for inflation retroactively. So that means a couple could leave more than $20 million between the two of them to their beneficiaries. There's also a delayed repeal of the estate and gift tax in its entirety um, in uh, 2023-2024. 
This is a very generous provision in the tax reform package, but one very important to uh, the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. So th- what is even better about this provision as it stands in both bills, it retains the current step up of cost basis to fair market value. This means not only would the estate transfer potentially tax-free, but the cost basis of the assets that the beneficiaries inherit would be equal to fair market value. So if you have a highly appreciated asset in your estate, it will pass through to beneficiaries and no one will pay an income tax on that appreciation, which essentially disappears. Right. That's huge. It's it's an unbelievable gift. Mm-hmm. And and that would be the case in both the, yeah. the House and the Senate? That's right. It's in both bills right, right now. What are the chances of, of these bills actually becoming law? Do you have a sense yet? And again, as you and I are talking, the Senate has not uh, voted on their legislation. I think there's a very good chance that the bills pass in some form. The question is, how much tweaking will there have to be to get the votes to pass? And if, if we were wrapping up you know, the, a conversation with a client, what would you be telling them to make sure you do this year, or at least let's seriously consider doing X this year? There are a few no-brainers here at sort of year-end. Prepay all state and local tax liabilities. Prepay real estate taxes. Charitable, um, for the most part, it's do the charitable as you'd planned unless you're an alternative minimum taxpayer. If you're an alternative minimum taxpayer, the marginal benefit to charitable this year is 28%. And under tax reform, could be 38 or 38.5 or 39.6. So on charitable for those AMT taxpayers, I'm saying let's just wait till later in December and see if we know we've got tax reform or not. I'm asking my clients to take a fresh look at um, interest expense on their homes, home equity, vacation homes, and we're starting to look at how their businesses are organized and investments are organized to see if there's restructuring that could or should be done to take advantage of um, the the rate breaks for pass-through businesses. You've got a lot on your plate, Elda, as to your clients. <laughs> and now, after this conversation, so do the rest of us. So, um Elda, thank you so much for bringing us up to speed as much as you can, sure. uh, given the, the remaining uncertainty. Uh, and we will definitely check in with you again when the Senate acts. So I right. really There's a lot of stuff so here. It's, there's, there's a, a lot, lot of here. Stuff. Yep. So, Elda DeRay, thanks for joining us from EY. We really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> 